0: Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We've been in a series talking about it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. And so I want to tell you real quickly, last week was Mother's Day, and I want to tell you about that and have Barrett come up and tell you this testimony as well. But I woke up, I came back from, uh, I was in Africa for about a month, and I came back from Africa after ministering over there. And when I I woke up that Sunday morning and I came into church with a fresh word on my heart. That morning as I woke up that Sunday morning, I heard the Holy Spirit shout loud inside my spirit. This is what he said. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. I heard it like boomed in my spirit. So I came in, I ministered on that. Two days later, I read through and listened through some of my messages from when I'd been gone. A month and a half before that, Barrett had left me a message of a vision she had seen in prayer. And when she had that, when I listened to that message, I mean, I just got the chills all over because I realized God was saying something. He was confirming it, and he had a plan. And we are right in the middle of his plan. You are right in the middle of his plan right now, whether you know it or not. Now, the question is, will you participate? So here's what I heard two days later after I heard that.
1: So what I had seen is I had seen Jesus and I were looking at the earth, and the earth had this thing that looks like an egg at the top of it. And the egg cracked, and from the egg came this dark substance. It looks like dark thick oil, and it covered the earth from the top all the way to the bottom. And I didn't know what it was. But as soon as the entire earth was covered, immediately Jesus took one match, one lit match, and he threw it. And when he threw it, I saw it land on the eastern seaboard of the United States of America. And as soon as the match touched the earth, the entire earth was lit up with fire and it burned from top to bottom. Hallelujah. And as soon as the earth was lit on fire, Jesus spoke. He stood up from where he was and he spoke, It's time.
0: Amen. It's time. Say it with me. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Glory to God. So, Father, we just receive that right now. It is time for an awakening i want you to hear these verses psalm 17 verse 15 it's time to wake up it's time for an awakening let me just show you something you know we're in one of the craziest times one of the most fearful times i've ever seen in my life in this earth i've never seen anything like this i mean it's been crazy People have been flipping out. I mean, does anybody remember a month and a half ago the, the videos on, on social media where people were fist fighting over toilet paper? I mean, come on. This is crazy. It's a crazy time. What do we need in the middle of that? You may know, but what we need is we need God. Even so, in this time when it's the most crazy ever, where are the crowds at a drive-in church where where is the world see the thing is we haven't been awake to the things of God yet he should be our source he should be our supply he should be our solution he should be number one that we go to not necessarily all of our all of our logic not necessarily everything else who should be first even over the doctors that we say lord what do you want to do it should be god what does that show us and i'm not just talking about the world i'm talking about christians i'm talking about the church Even the church, the first thing they did, many of them, was not go to God and honestly and unbiasedly see what He wanted to do. They said, what does the world want us to do? See, if God's not our source, we are not awake. If God's not our source, we are not awake. If we are not producing fruit for the kingdom of God, we are not awake. How can the world wake up if the church is not awake? And that's what we've been talking about. Listen to these. Listen to the promises of an awake people. As for me, I shall behold. Psalm 17, 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I'm awake. What this means is when we walk like God walks, when we walk and do what he wants us to do in righteousness, we will move to the place of God satisfying us. And he says this, when you see me for who I really am, when you wake up and see my face, everything you need will be accomplished, will be satisfied. Many people, the things that they're looking for are found in God. Many people, know all of them, everybody. Many people don't know that, that in God is everything, in him we live and move and have our being. Many people have not come to that realization and it's shown when their number one source is not God. But when their source becomes God, he makes this promise. When we awake and we see his face, in his face, when we see him clearly for who he really is, a God of absolute love, a God of mercy, a God of grace, when we see him, our lives will be satisfied. This is who Jesus is. This is the reality of God. But here's the issue. Are we awake to see it? Are we awake to see it? Romans 13, 11 and 12. Do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Now this is back in like the first and second century being spoken. And here Paul is saying, it's already the time to wake up. So what are we doing in 2020 still battling being asleep? Our job is to take the responsibility to wake up in Christ. Make it your heart's cry right now. Lord, help me to wake up. Because even if you've been awake, wouldn't you agree that there's even more to wake up to in God? Have we exhausted his goodness? Have we exhausted his love? No way. He's so big. He's so good. We've not exhausted him. Lord, help us to wake up to every piece of God's goodness. Revelation sixteen fifteen. Behold, I'm coming like a thief in the night. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes. In other words, they don't take off the robe of righteousness. They don't take off godliness. But they stay awake. They stay awake to their responsibility in Christ. They stay awake. Ephesians 5.14 For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead. And what will happen if we awake? Christ will shine on you. The anointed one and his anointing will shine on you. There's a world that needs Christ to shine on them, but it takes the church waking up so that they can begin to proclaim it, decree it. See, we talked a few weeks ago about a good recipe. A good recipe always gets shared. I could stand up here and tell you recipe after recipe of that some of y'all have made me for dinner. And I share those things with other people. I'll take pictures of them and put them on Instagram and Facebook. Why? Because they're awesome. One of the key indicators that we are awake is that when we've found something good like Jesus, Like Christ, the anointing, His love, His nature. When we find something good, we're telling everybody about it. Just yesterday, see, I know Roderick found something good. Do you know why? Because yesterday he led five people to the Lord. Isn't that right? I know he's found something good, and I know he's awake to it. Why? Because he's sharing it with people. He's sharing the good news With the world. It's like, you know, it's easy for us to share a good recipe, but it needs to be easy for us to share Jesus. And if we'll get awake, it will become easy like that. The fact that we've not been sharing like that shows us, have we been awake? Ask yourself, have I really, really been awake? I think the evidence shows us that that's not the case. I told you a figure of the people, not people that call themselves Christians, people that call themselves evangelical Christians. These are people that believe you got to be born again to go to heaven. There's 619 professing evangelical Christians in the world. If 619 million if all of those believers won One soul, one soul to the Lord today. And they did it for 13 days. The whole earth, it would be over 8 billion people. 13 days. We want to get mad at the Israelites because they wandered in the desert for 40 years when it was just a few weeks. But 13 days, evangelical Christians wake up tell some people about jesus 13 days everybody on the earth's been born again what are we waiting on the truth is we haven't been awake now i'm talking to people that sit here and you're here on sunday morning you're you're at the very least you're beginning to wake up Even if you're the worst, you're here. You're beginning to wake up. But let's move to the place where we are completely awake so that Christ can shine on the earth. Aren't we here to be the salt and the light? Aren't we supposed to be the preserving factor, the light that burns back the darkness? In order, reading this scripture, in order for us to be the light, we must be awake. Lord Jesus, awaken our hearts today. We talked about that the reality of heaven and hell and how eternity is a reality and it's not something to play around with. It's not something to play around with. And then we're talking about today and we've talked about it before. How do we recognize the state that we're in? Are we awake or are we snoozing? How do we know if we're snoozing or not. Are we semi-awake? Okay, we're born again. We're at church on Sunday morning. We're semi-awake. But in truth, are we Are we like half awake having that weird end of the night dream that's the weirdest thing in the last few minutes and then all of a sudden you're hitting the snooze button but you go right back to sleep? Awake people produce. Awake people Seek God's face. A good question is, are we really producing fruit? But don't get hung up there because some people call different kinds of fruit produce production. We have to ask this question. Not just are we producing fruit. Are we producing biblical fruit? Go into all the world. And make disciples. Are we winning souls? Are we making disciples? Those that will believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not those pastors. Not those apostles. Those that believe. Those that believe. That's for every believer. Are we operating in power on a regular basis? Not five years ago like this week. Are we moving in revelation? Is there, I'm not talking about Holy Ghost goosebumps in the middle of the service. I'm talking about supernatural revelation that sets the captive free. Chains fall off. One word, all of a sudden your life changes and goes up. This is all what happens when we wake up and the anointed one and his anointing shines on us. Are we producing biblical fruit? Proof that we are awake. It's all about fruit. Let's turn to John 15, verse 1 and 2. John 15. If we want to know that we're truly awake, it's all about the fruit. Now this is Jesus talking, giving his disciples some of his last instructions before he heads to Calvary, before he heads to cross and the grave. Would you say that the last instructions to the disciples while Jesus was on earth is probably pretty important? Do I have anybody that would agree with that? So whatever he's about to say, I would say it's life or death. It's life or death. So let's take a look at it. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, he says, and my father is the vine dresser. Now the first thing we notice here is that he's talking about, in a sense, farming. He's talking about producing a harvest. He's likening himself to a plant that is designed to produce. I'll I'll give you this. Do you understand that in the kingdom of God, there's only one season? You see, what you have grown up in has been a season after the curse of sin came into the world. But before the curse of sin came into the world, there was only one season. Go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. That was the command of God. There's only one season in the kingdom. And aren't you, if you know your scripture, aren't you redeemed from the curse? Absolutely. This is why Jesus talks to the fig tree the way that he did. Because there was one season and that tree was outside of his command. That that tree was already operating in that curse. He brought an end to the curse. The curse is a lack of production. The curse is not being fruitful because if we're in Christ, abiding in Him and Him in us, we will be fruitful. Now look at this. I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Okay, who's talking here? Jesus. Do you reckon he might have some authority? Anybody anybody wonder if Jesus has a little bit of authority? Is this actually what's going to happen? Or is this just, I don't know, maybe? No, it's going to happen. Let's read it again. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away doesn't that all of a sudden say man i need to produce fruit but what fruit do we need to produce the fruit that you've been taught to produce all of your life up to this point well i don't know because i don't know your background i don't know what preachers you've heard i don't know that but here's what I do know. There's fruit laid out in the Word of God, and that fruit that I started to mention earlier, winning souls, making disciples, moving in power, moving in revelation, the fruit of the Spirit. I know that this is fruit that the Bible says through the Holy Ghost we are supposed to have on us, and we're never out of season. So we need to let those things challenge us. How? I just, you know, wondered how many people have ever had a period of time in your life that you've not been fruitful? Man, I have. Look around, everybody. Okay, we've all missed it. Well, the Bible says that. We all come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all been unfruitful at some time. So what are we supposed to do with that? Uh, Be down about ourselves, or say, well, forget you, God. I just can't do it. No, if we look to God and say, Lord, this is what humility does. Lord, help me be fruitful. Show me how to do it. Just because I haven't done it before doesn't mean that I just get to say, well, I guess I'll never do it. No, we say, Lord, I know if you told me to produce fruit, you will help me. You'll help me. And then I will be producing fruit for my Lord, for my Savior. I'll be producing what you want me to produce. Thank you, Father. He says this. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Every branch. So in other words, when I turn to him and say, Lord, empower me to bear your fruit. To bear biblical fruit. He's going to give me a grace. He'll give seed to the sower. The one who wants to sow fruit into the kingdom of God. He'll give you the means to make it happen. And that person, when they start producing fruit, what's God going to do? He's going to say, let me help them so they can produce even more. What's amazing is in heaven, in eternity, we're awarded For the fruit we produce eternal rewards. And yet, here's one of the things. He's the one who gives us the supply to produce the fruit. So he gives us the command, and in the command is the provision to do it. He empowers us and strengthens us to produce fruit. And then we get rewarded for the very thing he gave us to do. And the thing that he gave us of. What a wonderful plan. What's our only responsibility to make sure that we're awake? Get very real with that question. Am I truly awake to the things of God? I can tell you if you're awake, fruit will be in your life. Verse 4. This fruit stems from intimate fellowship. 4 says, abide in me and I in you. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Everything that we need comes from spending time with Jesus, being in fellowship with Jesus. And that can be as you're driving down the road, as you're working at your desk, Lord, I just praise you. Even this morning as I'm coming here, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm praying the whole time. I'm allowing the Holy Ghost to give me the exact prayers I need. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm getting ready. I'm putting on my suit. I, I'm thinking about it as I make my coffee. Glor, Lord, I, I glorify you. I praise you. What am I doing? I'm spending time in him. I'm abiding in him. And what's he doing? He's abiding in me. What kind of God takes time to abide with somebody like me? The same one who will take time to abide with you. And all of a sudden the power of God will rise up in your life and fruit stems from intimate fellowship. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So many times we're not awake because we haven't been spending time with him. We're not empowered to stay awake because we've not spent time in prayer, in worship, and in the word of God. We've not spent time. Many people are not awake because they've not spent time in what he commands in assembly with the body of Christ. I watch people time after time, they'll come and pray for healing. I've even watched them get healed right there in front of my eyes. And then they won't come back to church for another two years until they have a problem. The issue is they're having a problem because they're being disobedient to what God said. That's a part of abiding in him. Lord, I honor you. Whether I like it or not, whether I think it's a good idea or not, I'm going to be obedient. Remember, he says, if we'll walk in righteousness, we will awake, and when we see his face, we'll be satisfied. He says, so neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me. And I am him, he bears much fruit. Say it with me. Much fruit. If you're walking if you're watching online, Facebook, YouTube, drop it in the comments. All caps, much fruit. Exclamation point. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Without fruit, looking at verse 6, without fruit and fellowship, we dry up and are cast away. Without fruit and fellowship, we dry up and are cast away. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away, and the branch dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. We must spend time with him. Otherwise, we're going to dry up. Do you know what most every one of us, has anybody that's listening to this, if you're watching online, put a a hand up in the comments. Has anybody ever had this issue before? Some dried up religious Christian has made you mad or irritated you. Nobody wants to, everybody's like, should I raise my hand? Yeah, you should, because it's been a problem. Some religion has kept us from the place where we didn't do what God said. Well, if, if Christians are like that, I don't want any part of their God. I understand that philosophy, but here's the thing. You never let the bad doing of somebody else convince you to do something wrong. That's nowhere in the Bible to be found. Never should I allow somebody else doing wrong to get me out of my walk. But yet, don't you know? that the world is not thinking in terms of what would God say. The world is thinking, no, I see a Christian that's irritating me that's been dried up. Do you know why they're dried up? Because they haven't spent time with God. There's no fresh intimacy. There's no fresh relationship. And because there's no fresh intimacy and relationship, there's no fruit. But verse 7, watch this. When we spend time in Christ, our prayers are answered and power is released. What has he been talking about? Look, just get in me and I will get in you. And what happens when Jesus gets in you? Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, look. Let me just ask you a question. Is this scripture truth or a lie? It's truth. We know that. So then how can he say, ask whatever you want and it'll be given to you? How can he say that? Because if we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us, there's a power to make it happen. But here's the question. I know every single one of us here have asked something of God sometime in the past. And it didn't come to pass. Now, according to this verse, why didn't it do that? Because we weren't remaining and abiding in him. Because he tells us very clearly, it's an absolute, it's a promise. If you abide in me and I abide in you and my word abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it'll be done. It'll be done. What does that tell us? See, this is the kind of message that it really gets down to the core of what's been going on in our lives. How many people, you like it just when somebody doesn't play around, but they just tell you the truth, like, quit telling me, quit putting a Band-Aid on it. Let's just get down to business. I'm tired of the messing up. I want some results. What are you saying? I want some fruit. I want some fruit. This is one of those messages that gets down and it really gets in your business. And it's like, hey, you got to wake up to this. The truth is we're not having these answers because we're not abiding in him. Then the issue is many times we think that we're abiding. But if we were abiding, we'd be seeing fruit. So the fact that we're not seeing fruit shows us There's a different level of abiding than what we've been thinking about. Not too long ago, I heard a great, great testimony where in this lockdown, one of the things that's happened is people have started to see that my relationship with God was all based on Sunday morning. In other words, because they didn't have Sunday morning, and we've had service every week from drive-in to social distancing, but... We've had it every week, but most churches haven't. And what's happened is, as the people have started to look at their lives, they're like, I feel lower, I feel wrong. What's actually going on? They were drawing everything out of the assembly on Sunday morning, but there was no abiding in Jesus on the proper level throughout the week. Many times we think that we're abiding properly, but how do we know that we're abiding properly? Fruit will be there. Prayers will be answered. Power will be there. So it's time for us, didn't we say the reality of heaven and hell is not something to play with? It is real. It is eternal. Heaven's gonna be blessed. Hell is torture. It's not something to play with. So we can't just say, Well, it didn't work this time and cast it aside. No, we need to take a look at our lives and say, hey, I I'm praying. It's not working. Lord, help me. Show me, and I will change. That's what humility does. Show me, and I'll change. Verse 8 fruit proves that you are an awake disciple. He says, My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Would anybody like to be known, not just on earth, but in heaven by God himself? Lord, I am disciplined after you. I'm your disciple. The only way to do that is to have fruit in your life. Prayers are answered. Souls are won. Disciples are made. Fruit of the Spirit is not just something we quote. It's something that we live. We need fruit. Verse 10, joy, love, and friendship with Jesus will be a fruit when we're awake. True love, true joy, friendship. John fifteen ten. if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandment and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. My joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. Your joy. God cares about your joy. He's interested in your joy. Not just his joy. Your joy. These are the things that he's interested in. He wants your joy to be full. And he's given us a way to do it. What's the way? Abide in him. Be fruitful. You know, we had a statement in Boomerang when we first started, and it said this. It said, find your joy again and really live. Find your joy again and really live. You know, most people, they have no joy in their life. You know why? Because they're not producing the fruit of God. And they don't have the fruit of God because they're not spending time with him. The only time they really pray and worship or read the word is on Sunday morning. That's not the way it's supposed to go. That's an addendum. Yes, it's big. Yes, it's important. Yes, we're fighting for it legally now as we speak. But that's just the beginning. That's just an addendum. The real fruit and the real power, the real intimacy comes When you and I intimately, intimately at our homes all throughout the day, we're spending time with Jesus in the word, in prayer, in worship. You know, not too long ago, I was giving somebody some counsel and they were going through, I mean, there was just an attack, a spiritual attack. I said, look, turn on some music, some praise music, and just start jumping up and down and singing out. And the word says that he's given us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That means if we have a garment, we have to take the heavy garment off and we have to put the garment of praise on. That means we do it on purpose. We're not just waiting. All right, Lord, just blow this heavy garment off me and then drop the praise on me. That's not how it works. He says, look, it's on you. You take it off and you put on the praise on purpose. They got back to me. They said, you know, that just seemed kind of weird. It seemed kind of funny. But when I did that, I felt the heaviness start to fall off. I felt it just start breaking off. Yeah, God inhabits The praises of his people. We put on praise on purpose at our homes. We'll walk in the presence of the Lord. We'll ask God for our prayers to be answered and they'll be answered. What is it? Is it just praise? No, it's intimacy. It's intimacy. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments And Jesus said, I've abided in his love by keeping his commandments. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. See, when we're abiding in him, our love for one another, it's there. I was speaking with another pastor just yesterday, and I was telling him. There was, I was telling him how I pass somebody, and I'm, I try to generally be friendly uh, no matter who I see or who I'm talking to or who I run into. Uh, I can't say that I've always done it, but generally that's who I am. That's what I like. So I'm going down like a store aisle, and I, I'm looking at somebody in the face. And I say, "Hey, how you doing today?" And they looked at me and just kept on walking and wouldn't do it because they didn't like who I was. And I was like, "Man, that stunk." But I said, "Lord, just bless them. I'm not. I'm not moving off of." Lord, just bless them. I'm not holding that against them. They just There's something that they, they got going on. There's something they may be deceived in. That's not the time to get mad at them. That's the time to be a blessing, to show the love of God even more. This is the kind of love and joy. Many people don't have joy because they haven't been walking in the fruit. When we start to produce fruit, there's something inside of us that the joy of the Lord ignites. If you've been wanting joy in your life, abide in Christ and get into His fruit and watch what happens. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Greater love. Has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends? Another verse says this. Consider others higher than yourself. That means I think about them first, not me first. This is a fruit. It has, don't, don't raise your hand. But, I mean, has thinking about other people first just come as a natural thing to this corrupted flesh? It hadn't been natural to my flesh. Oh yeah, let's think about everybody else after before me. I'll think about me after. No I gotta work on that. I got to put it on. But watch this when we abide this is awakening, when we abide when we abide in Christ, that starts to happen naturally. We start to put on a greater love for our fellow man. Why? Because it's what happens when you get in Christ and Christ gets in you. It just starts to happen. What are they up to? What do they need right now? What's going on in their life? Well, what's going on in your life? I, look, let's, let's take care of them. Let's serve them first. We need to consider others higher. This is the fruit of awake people. Lord, forget about what I need right now. And this is this is the thing. When you start taking care of other people's needs and serving them, God's already lined it out in His Word. I'll take care of yours. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. And He's not just talking about, you know, spiritual things, He's talking about material things physical things. He's saying, "Look, if you will go after me and go after my will, all this stuff will just be added to you." I and mean, Chris, a few months ago, you just started making, you started making a turn, and all of a sudden, just things started be adding to him. Enough where he he told me, he said, "Pastor, he said, "It this has just been easy. It's been easy. That's the way it's supposed to be." Didn't Jesus say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? See, these are all markers of being awake. Carrying something supernatural inside of you. Not supernatural and sleeping, but supernatural and active and producing and in intimacy with God. All of a sudden, the things of God start to overflow in your life. Fourteen. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. See, he's not looking at hiding things or holding back things. He doesn't want to do that. He actually is looking to tell you everything that's going on. I can tell you, even in this lockdown, even in the lockdown, God has spoken certain things. A few weeks past, and all of a sudden we go, man, God was on it. He wasn't hiding a plan. He was revealing a plan. And that's what he wants for every person on the earth. Believers and non-believers, but non-believers won't necessarily access it because you need to abide in Him. But if there's a person that's a non-believer and they look at a believer who's abiding in Him, the fruit of God will be on your life, your mind will be renewed and transformed by the Word of God, and your life will start to prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. They'll look at your life and say, how can they have joy? How can they have peace? Why is it when they pray things work? Why is it? Because there's a fruit of relationship, a fruit of the friendship of God. Can you hear what God's saying in here? He's saying simply, if you awake and you abide in me, I'll start to work in your life and there'll be so much fruit that people will be asking you questions. How can you be so hopeful? Why are you so blessed? This is the plan of God for every believer. The plan of God is not that we go through this life and it's hard and oh God, you know, I love Jesus, but it's hard sometimes. No, Jesus says if it's hard, you're doing it wrong. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let that be an indicator that there's something off. You're off track. You've missed a piece of it. Something's missing. He says, no longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard... From my Father, I've made known to you. Verse 16. Being awake, it's all about fruit. Being awake, it's all about fruit. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Just think about that. God looked into eternity He saw you in your life when you would be born, when you would be on this earth. He saw you. He saw each and every one of us. And he said, I choose you. If you'll have me, you're mine. If you'll accept me, Jesus is saying, if you'll accept me, I've already accepted you. I saw your mess. I saw your problems. Listen, you didn't choose me first. I chose you. I did things so that you could be a part with me. I gave my life so that you could be a part with me. I gave my life so that you could abide in me and things would be easy. I gave my life so that you could have fruit. So that You could walk in the glory of God. I gave my life so that you could have intimacy with the Father. I gave my life so that you could have rewards throughout all eternity. I chose you. What a love letter. What a magnificent Lord and Savior. I chose you. And I appointed you. See, it's not over. He chose us. But now he's also appointed us that we would go and bear fruit. I've appointed you to go and bear fruit. See, this is Jesus talking to every believer. Don't feel like you're not supposed to bear fruit. Every believer is supposed to bear fruit. Everyone everyone is supposed to have power to walk in the power of God. Win souls, make disciples. But listen, if God would not empower you to do this, wouldn't it be unjust for him to ask you to be responsible for it? But he is not an unjust God. He is a just God. And he says, look, I'm calling you to bear fruit, but I'm going to give you everything that you need to make it happen. And it'll be easy for you. The question is, will we accept the responsibility? Will we walk in intimacy and say, Lord, I'll be one that bears fruit? Will we wake up? Say it with me loud. It's time for an awakening. Lord, I'll wake up. He said, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Awake people constantly bear biblical fruit. It's time for an awakening so that we can be the ambassadors of That God has called us to be. You see, if we're not walking in fruitfulness, we'll never be the officials of the kingdom of God that God's called us to be. He said, You are my ambassadors in this world in 2 Corinthians 5. You are ambassadors of Christ. But without production of fruit, we won't be the light, we won't be the salt. And the world will sit there in death. We're going to talk about it next week in detail. But in Ezekiel 37, God brings Ezekiel the prophet to a valley of dry bones. There's nothing there but bones and death and a lack of life. And God asked him the question, Ezekiel... Can these bones live? Ezekiel says a very smart thing. Lord, you know. In other words, I don't know what you know. Lord, I throw myself on you. Lord, you know. And then God says this. You see, God himself, God himself could have spoke to the bones if he can speak to the earth and create the earth and the sky and the heavens if he can speak and create that he could have spoke to the bones but the plan of god is not for god to do it all he says the heavens are the heavens of the lord but the earth he's given to the sons of men we must stand up in our in our ability as ambassadors of God and take responsibility for the earth. And he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. You prophesy. I will give you the words. I will give you the power. I will give you the ability to produce fruit. Man of the earth, Do what you're called to do. Operate in your design. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. The plan has been the same from the beginning. You're made in my image. You're made in my likeness. But you can't prophesy to dead bones from a slumber. We must all take the responsibility to wake up and be awakened Lord, you're first in my life. You are on the throne. You're the Lord. You're my Savior. We need to individually take that, but also as a church. I'm telling you, I've told you if you've been here for a number of years, we're getting ready to find out. I've said this for years now. We're getting ready to find out who believes and who doesn't. We're getting ready to see who has God on the throne and who's playing games. Has it not become evident? Has it not become evident in the last few months? Well, now I'm telling you, we're moving into a time where the light of God is designed by a plan in heaven. Not that he brought this darkness, but he's got a plan to bring light. When darkness arises, he says, arise. Who's he talking to? You and I. Arise. Shine. For your light has come wake up speak to the dead bones and an army will rise up wake up be who i've called you to be each one of us and even as a church we need to decide lord we will be awake you are first our intimacy with you is more than anything intimacy abiding in you we've got to have it holy spirit blow in our lives when i walked out here today i knew about the message i knew what was happening and i walked out and i knew see to awaken we need the wind of god to blow in our lives i walked out here and i felt this wind and i thought man this is not this is not just a wind that just came no this is a wind of god blowing into our lives I love that the wind is blowing today, blowing on the mic, because it's symbolic. God, we need fresh breath in our lives. We need a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. Awaken us. Open up the windows of our stale homes, our stale lives, and blow fresh breath into our lives. Father, we thank you for it. Lord, we receive it. Just close your eyes with me right now. Lord, I need you. I've got to have you. Make it your heart's cry. Lord, I got to have you. I need you in my life today. I need the easy. I need the light. I need the intimacy. I need the power. I need the prayers answered. I need to be your ambassador. I need to be your ambassador of the salt and the light. The ambassador of the anointed one. The ambassador of his anointing. Everywhere I go, it's time for a change. It's time for my awakening. It's time for our awakening. In Jesus' name. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. Lord, I need your help. I might not can do it on my own. And I don't care. Look, I've seen people healed instantly i've seen demons come out i've seen dead come back to life right in front of my eyes but i'm telling you even with seeing all of that that's not enough that's just the beginning i need to be increasing jesus kept increasing in wisdom and maturity and favor with god and man in other words i may have seen great things but i've got to get to the place where i say lord If I'm not walking like Jesus, I need more. And today's your day. Lord, I need more. If that's you, just raise your hands wherever you're at. Lord, I need you. And I want you to pray this. Even if you've been born again before, there's a recommitment. There's a day. I I like doing it every day. Lord, today, you're the Lord of my life. I want you to pray this with you. Out loud, don't pray it in your mind. Just lift your hands where that help comes from. Close your eyes. Just make it between you and God, but make it of your heart. And just say this with me out loud. Jesus, I need you. I've got to have you. Today, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I put you on the throne of my life you're the director you call the shots and I'll be obedient today I repent of not living your way but I'm going to live your way from this day forward in righteousness and I will see your face And I will be satisfied. I will overflow with your life. I believe you died for me. And I believe that you took my sin on you. And you took it to the cross and the grave. And when God brought you back to life, he raised you up. And he did not leave me there. I believe that God brought you back. And he brought me up with you. And now I'm seated in heavenly places with him. And I will be awake. And I will abide in you. And I will produce fruit. I will win souls. I will make disciples. I will move in power. I will move in the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, I love you. And I ask you today, touch my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the fire of God so that I can be on fire with you from this day forward. Lord, I ask you for help, and I receive it right now. Now, right now, I just want you, whatever you need in your life, whatever you need, if you need healing in your life, God doesn't want you sick out there trying to be the light in the world. He wants you healed and filled up being the light. He doesn't want you in financial poverty out there trying to pretend like you're happy. He wants you blessed in every way. 3 John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper in every area of life and be in health even as your soul prospers. Whatever it is that you need, you may need restoration in your mind. You may need restoration in your family. You may need something right now. I just want you to receive it. You've just tapped into the vine. Right now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you are abiding in Christ right now. And Jesus makes us this promise. You abide in me. Ask what you will and you'll have it. So as we pray, the power of God's going to flood your car. It's going to flood your heart, going to flood your mind, flood your house, your family. And answers are going to come. Solutions are going to manifest. So right now, whatever that is, you can cry it out to him. But whatever it is, Lord, I ask that you start touching people right now. Lord, touch them right now where they sit. In the name of Jesus, may the power of God flood their lives in jesus name may the power of god start bringing solutions in the name of jesus thank you father may answers come may restoration be may fear be dispelled may finances overflow may divine health be in their bodies may protection be on them no evil will befall them in jesus name May they be delivered from everything that the devil would try to bring about. Father, right now we praise you and we worship you. Just say it with me. Say it out loud. Say, Father, I believe that I have received the fullness of your saving power in every area of my life in Jesus' name. Now let me just pray for you, Father, right now. I just ask that you'll bless everyone. Lord, let us have your mind, your strength. Let us have the strength to do whatever you call us to do. Thank you, Father. Fill their lives right now. Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost and fire right now in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes and receive from the Lord. Huh? Just say it. Say, Lord, I receive. And I only receive from you. Thank you, Father. Soho mrema daroka Hanio handi otetid kuma bansovevist rana rabosho hariachinei ebokulamo severegi. Lord, bring about every desire of the heart that you place there lord bring power into the lives of people lord bring your will done on earth as it is in heaven may nothing be left out may no problem be left unanswered father bring the power of god now bring provision bring deliverance bring protection father bring restoration where depression has been where there needs to be restoration of the mind, Lord, bring it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, where minds have been attacked, Lord, in Jesus' name, let that power of God break the yoke now and may depression fall off. May the mind be restored. May the mind be made whole now in the name of Jesus. Lord, where worry and fear has, your word says that perfect love cast out all fear. Lord, may love the love of God, may it dispel every fear right now. May your love permeate every heart, every mind. And may the power of God flood every person here in this, this word this morning. Lord, bring true salvation. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is working right now in people's lives. I can sense that he's overflowing. Lord, complete the work in Jesus' name. See, we don't need Brian's logic. We need wisdom from heaven. We need supernatural power. We need supernatural strength. Not from just a pastor but just a man that allows God to move through. It's supernatural power, supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom. Lord, we receive it today, and we praise you for it. Amen. Amen. Lord, bring supernatural fruit and supernatural power. I want you right now just to take your communion. As we take communion today, the Word shows us in the full counts of the Word that as we take what is representative of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, it is truly a miracle meal. It is a restoration process. It is a process of His protection. It's a process of His favor and blessing. So as you take communion today, don't just take it, okay, I tasted a little wafer and I tasted a little bit of juice. Uh, we had it at church, great. No, as you take it, what you want to say is, Lord, as I take this, I take the Christ, the anointed one in his anointing. He's abiding in me. This is symbolic and representative that he is abiding in me and nothing can attack where he abides. Nothing can stand that's negative where he abides. Where I need wisdom, he'll give me wisdom. Where I need help, he'll give me help. I take the body of Christ. Everything, as you eat the bread, everything that Jesus gave up, he gave up so that you could partake of it. Right now, Lord, we receive the body of Christ. You can take the bread. When he shed his blood, it purified us, cleansed us, redeemed us, and the word teaches us that the life is in the blood. When God says life, he doesn't just mean physical life. He means a spiritual life that has every provision for every need ever. He says it this way in Peter. He says he's already granted to you. He's already given to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need is in Jesus. In him we live and move and have our being. As we take the cup today. Lord, we receive the fullness of life that Jesus gave up so that we might have it in full. Lord, let it be a miracle meal to us today. We receive the life of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the cup. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you today. We give you all of the glory and the honor. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Barrett's going to have some announcements and dismiss you. It's time for us to awake and to stay awake. To be woke up, but not in a worldly way in a heavenly way and to be producers of the fruit of god father we receive that today and we thank you for it in jesus name amen